0: Hey everyone, we're back, because we're the prodigals, the prodigals, welcome to the prodigals podcast where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached on the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies and that is why we are here for you. My name is Mark, and I am joined by Alan, Billy, and Jed. So, in this Table Talks episode, we will be talking about this thing called the Enneagram. What is that? It's a gram of any. Wow! <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. And there you not,
0: have it, guys. It's not what you buy. Have your a crush. good night during Valentine's Day. Um, <laughs> Enneagram. (laughs) Enneagram. Um, So yes, we're talking about the enneagram. It definitely has grown in popularity the last few years. And we think it's really worth talking about. So we will do just that. Table Talks. All right. So a good place to start talking about this is to define it. So what exactly is the enneagram? Um, So according to Merriam-Webster, the Enneagram is a system of classifying personality types that is based on a nine-pointed star-like figure inscribed within a circle in which each of the nine points represents a personality type and its psychological motivations, such as the need to be right or helpful and influencing a person's emotions, attitudes, and behaviors. So in short... Uh, It's a personality classifying system that says that there are nine types of people who have uh, varying inner motivations and those motivations determine their emotions and their behavior. So that's what the Enneagram is.
2: Oh, thank you.
0: Um, So so it basically says that there are nine types of people and I think like it would be good for us to talk about those nine types. Um, so I'll just give those nine types. Oh, you guys are getting your um, yeah, we are getting our you're wish. Getting your nice. wish. Nice. <laughs> talking more for those oh. that don't under are not understanding
1: so. what's going on. It's we decided that Mark needs to talk a little bit more. So, said, take it away.
0: All right. So let's talk about the nine types. Number one, reformer or perfectionist. Uh, So they're called Mm -hmm. reformer or perfectionist. And their uh, basic desire is to be good and to have integrity or to be balanced. And their basic fear is to be corrupted. A reformer tends to be organized, perfectionistic, ethical, and have a strong sense of right and wrong. So basically, um, just to go back to the, like a definition of the Enneagram, like a big part of the Enneagram um, states that we all have one basic fear and a basic desire. So mm-hmm. we're going to list out those basic desires and fears for each of the personality. Um, the next one is two, uh, the helper. So their basic basic desire is to feel loved and uh, their basic fear is of being unwanted, unworthy of being loved.
1: Oh, that's sad. Um,
0: mm-hmm. So oh, I'm not a two. Arwen is a two. So who's not with brother, us? Tonight? Brother, man, AP is not with us tonight. Um, womp womp. Yes. Yeah, so, but he he is a two. He is a helper. Um, and if you. Know him, he just has like a way of connecting with people. Um, you'll see him in a big crowd talking to those who are outside, like in the fringes, just hanging out. The fringe um, likes. He likes to connect with people and make mm-hmm. people feel loved. Um, I dig because, that. Man. He's a helper. Um, a helper is friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing, but can also be sensitive, flattering, and people-pleasing. No offense, Armin. Um, <laughs> these are just the, the facts. She, just fact. It's just it's the, the way it is, is man. It. Just This it. is from an, the Enneagram Institute, by the way. Um, the Achiever, which is, is a three, um, the Achiever, and their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile. And their basic fear is of being worthless. So achievers are ambitious, competent, and energetic. They can also be status conscious and highly driven for advancement. They are diplomatic and poised, but can also be overly concerned with their image and what others think of them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so very driven people and very task-oriented people. Um, the four who's a four here, me. Yep, yep.
3: I, <laughs> yeah, I'm a four.
0: Um, <clears throat> I think, oh, yeah, Alan, you're a three, right?
1: No, I'm actually You've well, I
0: three or a four with a three. Win.
1: I would have thought, but I took the test today again, Ooh. and I and I tested out a 98% match to a five. Ninety-five percent match to a four.
2: So, oh, oh
0: that makes sense. Okay, <laughs> I guess. What, what does that mean? I see that. What does that mean? Whoa! Whoa! That is so cool. whoa. So we're making progress. <laughs> <with you>. uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay, we'll talk about that later. Because uh, that's a five. <laughs> so a four, which is also called the individualist, um. Their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance or um, to be known. uh, And their basic fear is to have no identity or personal insignificance. Um, Fours are self-aware, sensitive, and reserved. Mm -hmm. They're emotionally honest, creative, Mm -hmm. personal, Mm -hmm. but can also be moody and self-conscious. Hey, you can't confirm um, with all of those things. Uh, yeah. yeah. Withholding themselves from others due to feeling vulnerable and defective, uh, mm. they can also feel disdainful and exempt from ordinary ways of living. <laughs> and they typically have problems with melancholy, self-indulgence, and self-pity. <laughs> no offense, Jed. No, I uh,
3: <laughs> responsibility for all of these. That is that is on uns- <laughs> um, yeah. Can no words. <laughs>
0: All right, five, which is also called the instigator. Investigator. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Come on.
1: Come on, guys.
0: Instigator. (laughs) Uh, No. Um, I'm feeling beat down tonight, man. They're called the investigator. Um, And their basic desire is to be capable and competent. Um, Their basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable. Uh, fives are alert, insightful, and curious. They are able to concentrate and focus on developing complex ideas and skills. Independent, and innovative, and inventive, they can also become preoccupied with their thoughts and imaginary constructs. They tend to be detached and quiet, and tend to be in their heads a lot.
1: Yep. Okay. Yep.
0: Which is uh, Alan I serve. Um, He took the test and he landed on the investigator.
1: Instigator. (laughs) Apparently.
0: (laughs) Instigator. Shots fired. So six, the loyalist. Um, My wife, Jenna, is a six. The loyalist, uh, their basic desire is to have security and support and their basic fear is of being without support or guidance. Sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy. Uh, They foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it. They can be cautious and and indecisive, but also reactive, defiant, and rebellious. They typically have problems with self-doubt and suspicion. Uh, So that's the six. The seven, the enthusiast. uh, Their basic desire is to be satisfied and content. Their basic fear is of being deprived or in pain. Mm. Sevens are extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. So playful, high-spirited, and practical. They can also misapply their many talents becoming overextended, scattered, and undisciplined. They constantly seek new and exciting experiences, but can become distracted and exhausted by staying on the go. They, have, they typically have problems with impatience and impulsiveness. Yeah. So sevens are pretty much like the, the life of the party.
1: Adventurist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, the challenger... Which is also called an eight. Their basic desire is to protect themselves uh, by having control over their own lives. Uh, their basic fear is being harmed or controlled by others. Eights are self-confident, strong, and assertive, uh, protective, resourceful, straight-talking, and decisive. But can also be egocentric and domineering. Eights feel they must control their environment, especially people. Sometimes becoming confrontational and intimidating eights typically have problems with their tempers and with allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, nine. Peacemaker. Our basic desire. <laughs> our, 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 our basic desire. Basic <laughs> <order>. <laughs> so I'm a nine, Billy's a lady. nine. Um Ooh. Our basic desire is to be at peace or have peace of mind. Um, And our basic fear is of loss and separation. Nines are accepting, trusting, and stable. Yes, we're stable. Yes, we're so stable. Uh, (laughs) They're usually creative, optimistic, and supportive, but can also be too willing to go along with others to keep the peace. They want everything to go smoothly and without conflict. But they can also tend to be complacent, simplifying problems and minimizing anything upsetting. They typically have problems with inertia and stubbornness.
2: Inertia. Nice. Inertia. Yep. way of saying you're lazy? Is (laughs) that... Yeah. It's like whoops. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Whoops. So those are the nine types of people that the Enneagram claims to be...
2: That's the podcast. Um, That's it. (laughs) That's the podcast. So,
0: so, uh, yeah. So I guess, like, the next question would be, like, what has been your experience with it, if you have any?
2: I can go first. I think I stumbled upon the Enneagram while listening to another podcast. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because in the podcast, they went through every single type. From like one to nine in chronological order, and I'm like, oh, I don't resonate with any of these things. And then I went all the way to nine, and I'm like, okay, uh, <laughs> I see that I'm a nine now. Which is so for the enneagram, it really helps me understand. It kind of it allows me to see myself from a objective perspective, like from a third person uh, perspective, and understanding like the decisions I make. Uh, And how I how I react to certain things, I think especially when I think about the the biggest thing that really stood out to me is when, um, for in certain situations with problems or in conflict, I like I would retreat, like I would just like try to escape from it, try to find a way to like emotionally detach, or just like or like maybe even physically run away from an issue or a conflict because I don't want to enter into conflict with someone else. Cause I'm like too like I'm too scared of it. Like it will bring, it won't bring peace to me in the sense, right? And I'm like, man, now I understand why I react in that in that way. Like well, that's like one of my basic desires to like have this sense of peace. But also it helped, it has helped me grow to see those um, those blinders that I had on myself. So for me, I'm able to see where I want to retreat. And be able to step into those situations where I want to retreat and go against that and try and and, and come into, uh, to come, to step into conflict, to step into it and be okay with that. So through conflict, I'm able to go through with it. That's like one way, like the Enneagram itself, like understanding like your desires and your basic needs has helped me to understand myself better and to grow from it, I would say. So that's been really, really helpful. From that's like when I first started getting into the enneagram. So it's been pretty good, pretty good so far. I mean, I still see myself like retreating in certain conflicts and certain situations, but it's getting better. It's getting there.
3: <laughs> yeah, when I when I first heard of the enneagram, um, I actually found it in a book um, in a friend's library, a home library. Um, and so prior to knowing about the Enneagram, I've been always inclined to doing like personality tests. You know, at first it was with the Meyer Briggs. I uh, am an INFJ, um, if you guys know what that means. It, <laughs> and it, it, it's similar because there's about, and the thing in the Meyer Briggs, there's about 12 types or 16, I, 12 or 16, I don't, don't quote me. But each one each one of them has specific uh you know specific characteristics, and you know it almost felt like I was just like being placed into like a Hogwarts kind of like house. You know, Team Gryffindor, Team Ravenclaw. You know, I'm INFJ. I am INF whatever. I'm ENFP whatever it may be. Um, and so it it just felt like it just attributed certain traits. Uh, but with this one, um, with the Enneagram, I found it much more deep rooted. Um, it really drives into, you know, what is your motivation as a child? How did you grow up and how did it shape who you are to be today? Uh, what is your deepest intrinsic desires? Uh, what is something that you continually seek out in the world or seek in within yourself? What are some of the things that you, um, like how, like you relate to people or how you voice certain things? So like for myself, yeah. So like learning about the Enneagram, uh, seeing and doing the test as well and seeing that I am a four, uh, and also doing it another time, and I'm still a four, uh, <laughs> and it just becomes clear that I'm categorized in this place, but it just feels like it wasn't just like I'm in this place. I, this really, um, the description of it fits so well to me um, that it, it feels like other descriptions wouldn't fit well with me. I don't know if that makes sense. So, so my experience with it uh, in this case is like, um when i read out my description i understand why that makes sense to me but if i reveal that description to someone else they don't get it they don't understand that i think i remember having a conversation with billy billy uh years a nine you have uh, right like this is box this little box mind box that you kind of go into uh i don't know if you remember that conversation
2: yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. It's like a, it's a superpower. Like I can have a conversation with someone <laughs> and I can look like I'm listening to them and interested and in taking in everything they say. But in reality I'm checked out and not even That's that nursing body <laughs>
1: language communications. I know, man, I've, I know what you're asking. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's really bad because like f- for me, for a nine, like I'm able to just, I can just check out and then not being engaged, not being engaged with like a relation in like talking with someone. And that does a deal on the relationship because mm. like, say we had like a de- like someone sharing to me something like their deepest, darkest secret or their deepest problem. But I'm like checked out. I'm like, wow, I, that was like <laughs> so, that was so unloving of me to do. And then so, you okay, catch
0: like, you cat yourself like being checked out. And then yeah. like, what are they talking about? Like, I hope I know. Yeah. Figure I need, it um, out before their sentence ends.
2: I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's a nine problem. It's so bad. Okay. Sorry, yeah. Dad.
3: No, it's yeah, okay. I it's okay. No, yeah. I'm yeah. glad you like expound on that. Because like like so like the whole box thing, that's not something that I experience, right? So then yeah. on the surface, people might look like checked out or they might be processing something. So for you, like you kind of withdraw into like a space that I don't understand. Okay. How do you do that? Um, <laughs> but for me, I go into like a space of Shot like, fired. like what's going no, I mean it's not anything bad. It like, is. It's I the don't truth. understand it. I don't it's understand. That's the truth. It. Um, and, and I want I to want understand others as well. I can only really understand mine. So, like, for me, like, I, I go into a place and I kind of just have a lot of questions in my mind. I start to, like, think about the, the topic uh, it, to a very big depth because that, that's where my personality kind of, like, fits. It's, like, trying to find meaning, right? And so my... Mine goes into a chasm, a depth, a deep pool of what it means to have life and how does this fit into the picture. So I would be, like, checked out if I were to be checked out in a conversation, would be, like, venturing into that pool. What does it mean for this person to have this deepest struggle and whatever? So it's mm. just, like, we all – so that's what's special. Uh, what I. That's how I experience, like, the Enneagram. I think it's been really helpful in understanding people more Uh, understanding that everyone may look like they're doing the same thing, but everyone has different desires. Everyone has different fears and their motivations and the purpose of doing something will not look like mine. Right? Like you might be listening to my problems or not, but you have a different motivation and desire. And then for me, I'll have a different motivation desire. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I think it 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 really works in a special way like that. Nice.
0: Um, so my uh, so my experience with this is um the first time i heard about it was when Jed and billy were talking about it and like they encouraged me to take the test um and i think for a while like i was i didn't want to do it because i'm lazy Um, (laughs) no (laughs) inertia inertia? no inertia um so when i finally got to it and it like I saw a description of like the personality and um, the motivations and all that. And like the, the passion of the nine and like uh, why I act the way I do. It was just like, so enlightening. Right. Um, it was like, this is me. Like This is me. Uh, why is it describing me to such like great detail? Mm. Um, as Billy was saying and Jed um, it was just like, Getting to know yourself better and being more self-aware of, yes, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. So the the nine descriptions like, okay, so yeah, I do this. Oh yeah, I do that. Like, and I read read further. It's like, oh yeah, I do that too. But then the like the unique thing I've found with the Enneagram is that it doesn't just tell you what you are or like what you do. It's why you do it. I think like that's what makes it really cool for me. And it's like, you, you know, your motivations, um, because <clears throat> so people can act the same, but still have different motivations. For example, like, uh, I was listening to a typology, uh, the podcast called typology and they were describing, uh, perfectionist and an achiever. Right. Um, and the perfectionist would be, want the lawn to be perfect for the sake of being perfect the achiever also got um, if like a gardener doesn't make the lawn perfect he would also get mad uh, because he wants the lawn to be perfect but not because of for the sake of being perfect but because of what people will think of him like when they do see his lawn so it's just like it's just like people can act a diff uh, the same way, but their motivations could be totally different. Uh, I really like that about uh, the Enneagram. And yeah, I just like the accuracy of it. Um, another thing that I've found is that it gives you a growth path. Um, it just tells you in order for you to grow as an individual to be healthy, um, this is what you you'll need to do. For example, like for me, nine um i need to take walks out in nature for me to be healthy or like to be outside uh and i was like i i really found that weird i was like really but then like yeah it's so weird (laughs) (laughs) but i realized that i've been healthier since i've i got a job that requires me to be outside all the time so um and i was really depressed when uh like I was in a job where I was indoors the whole day and I yeah, um, so it was just like really describing everything in such good accuracy, um, which is what I like. And also the growth path is really important. Um, but yeah, that's my experience with it.
1: Cool. I don't have a whole lot of experience with it. The first time I've come across it um, was when Mark asked me to do it. Uh, I can't remember what it was for, but uh, we did it and we talked about it and I kind of, I mean, you, you go through, you uh, you get lost in sort of like the day to day sort of things and um, it didn't just come to mind. Um, and I focused, I guess um, for me, I just focused mainly on, on being introverted um, versus the extrovert aspect of, of of you know of your personality mm-hmm. and so whenever I when I whenever I would try to understand why I did what I did or why I want to do what I want to do it would always come through that lens never very much you know I mean not really the anagram A- anagram however
2: anagram anagram <laughs> uh yeah
1: um <laughs> so I didn't look through it through that lens Having said that, you know, going through a couple of of, of personality tests, whether it's Myers Briggs, or you know something else that's there, you know, it's it's easy for me to to kind of like, you know, identify um, where I am. Um, this one seems to be a little bit different for me because I found like when you were talking about Mark, when we were talking about um, like going through the numbers, I was thinking to myself, well, why am I not a two? Why am I not a three? Okay. I know I'm a four. Yes. I'm a five. Yeah. I'm a little bit of a six and then going back to nine. And then I used to be a one at some point, you know, I've, I don't, how does that work? Um, I mean, are we talking, I mean, I I gather that we all, we all change and we evolve and we, you know, we get, um, you know, we get changed by our circumstances and the environment around us. And so I'm guessing this takes that into consideration, this this
2: test. Yeah, it kind of does, because um, as a certain type, a certain number, um, you can be you can either per like present or live out either like on a health on a healthier, like on a healthy side of it or on an unhealthy side of it. And it's kind of crazy because you said sometimes you look like said you look like a one before, and uh, or da 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 da, like it's so funny because when like uh, you're a healthier version of let's say, let's say you're a nine, I think when you look healthy, you look like a three. The healthy you side go to of a three. A healthy side of a three. But if you're for a nine, when you're unhealthy, you look like the unhealthy side of a six. It's it's all connected.
0: So okay. like for example for a 9 like I'm typically slothful and uh lazy but <laughs> oh, if come on. I'm if no that's that's what it is <laughs> but it is. if I am on the healthy side of the spectrum I'd be on the healthy side of it, the achiever which means I'm doing things hmm. I'm able to get up in the morning and just accomplish things um, on the other side if I tend to be unhealthy, then I become like this. I act like the unhealthy part of a six, which is anxious, always fearful, mm-hmm. um, indecisive. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So yeah. Cause- yeah. So like this, this definitely like some, you know, numbers are connected to other numbers in terms of looking like, other numbers when healthy or when unhealthy.
1: Right. Okay, that makes sense because I'm looking at I'm looking at these things and and I'm and I'm I'm identifying with one as the perfectionist, number three as the achiever, you know, with a little bit of the individualist, you know, way you know, where way back in my years when I was with you guys, particularly when when I was a drill co- when I was drill commander. Mm-hmm. It, and you know we would always run through all these things, and it had to be perfect because it had to be perfect, mm-hmm. right? And I had to achieve it because you know, amongst other things, you know, because that's that's what what drove me, right? So, um, but I find that's not there for me anymore, and it kind of shows because it's prob- it's the lower ones from the ones that I can identify with. I don't identify with the seven, and I don't a- identify with the mm-hmm. eight. Right, so yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, Fresh. Well,
0: according to experts, uh, we're actually not just one type. Um, that you know, like the the type that we are is basically the strongest type that we identify with, but we are all like we contain all nine within ourselves but it's just like one dominant one that comes out. So we might be acting like we might be acting like this, or we might be acting a certain way. Uh, But it's really like your strongest motivation that you feel that really identifies what your type is. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, my motivation is to be at peace. Um, The basic desire is to have peace of mind and, um, like, my basic fear is uh, separation or loss. That's why I tend to avoid conflict because that might lead to separation between the two parties, like myself and the other party. So.
1: Makes sense.
3: Yeah. I, just going back to uh, your, your question slash statement, Ellen, Uh, like I could really vouch, like like uh, like looking at enneagram in different parts of my life and and seeing like like me like relating to a certain number uh, instead of the other. And surprisingly, the first time when I engaged with the enneagram, I related more with the two, and I was like, okay, this this fits me. I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm very much of a helper. I do self-sacrificing love, whatever. But that was also in the midst of when I was in a toxic friendship. I was a very unhealthy uh, person at that time. Uh, and so it's odd enough that, like, deep rootedly, I am more inclined to be, I'm more a four. The unhealthy number for a four is a two. Mm. Mm. And, and, so, and so that's what was really interesting. Because then, and, and so that when I was like more inclined to be in a healthy version of a two, I was, yes, I was very manipulative. I was uh, very deceitful. Um, I was trying to test out different friendships. Um, It was very, like, um, self-sacrificing, but, like, to a very toxic level. Um, And I related to that more at that time. But when I look back now, it's just cool. Like, you can fit in the pieces. I'm more, like, heading towards to a healthier one. Um, And so it it, it gives almost, like, a pathway. You know, you were once here, and then, so, like, how do we, like, move forward from that?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so basically it gives three levels for a person like unhealthy, average, and healthy. So those are our experiences with it. And they're pretty, pretty cool. Um, I guess like we have diff- different levels of experience from, you know, uh, casual or like people getting you to do it. Um, and you guys have definitely known it um, longer than I do. Um, so yeah, it's just cool that like we have different experiences with it. Hey, what's up, beautiful people. We definitely had a lot to talk about in regards to the Enneagram. This is just the first half of the conversation. And next week we will be talking about how this topic intersects with our faith and some dangers we need to avoid. So we encourage you all to join us next week for another episode of the prodigal's podcast.